on That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language. Hey guys, happy day of the dead. Dio de los muertos. To start this week, uh, we want to say thank you to the fans that have already found and supported our new Patreon. Sneaky little devil's investigators, that's what they are. Well, one of them's that's kind of her job. That's true. We're looking at you, Nikki T. Thank you, Nikki T. And Ashley Berry. Ashley Berry is just a really awesome fan already. Thank you, Ashley. We are working on some tiers. Uh, so you early birds, don't worry. We're going to retroactivate those perks for y'all. Make sure you get what's coming to you. Well, that sounded like a threat. It's a promise. So... If any of you want to become a patron, uh, you can help out with as little as a dollar a month. The cost of a pri- the price of a cost was it the price of a cup of coffee? You could feed. You could feed. We, you could feed <laughs> or the puppies. The puppy ones hurt me. So, if any of you want to become patrons, uh, you can help out with as little as a dollar a month. Um, go to our page over there, patreon.com slash that dead body show. That's Patreon with an E, P A T R E O N. Dot com forward slash that dead body show. No spaces. That sounded really close to full. <laughs> no, don't do that. I get all my chills in half body. <laughs> anyway, so that will also yeah. help with with our uh, uh, with our, our investigative son is dying. techniques. Our son is currently and, dying to death. And, and equipment upgrades. We'll use that money for equipment upgrades and. And, of course, paying for the perks that we'll offer you guys. Uh, if, you, if you'd like to just go straight to the, the horse's mouth, I guess, you can uh, go over to Tee Public. We have, we have uh, some limited edition merchandise we're putting out over there. If you guys, uh, we'll, we'll post links on all our social media to that. Also, if you guys will go over to iTunes and like us, subscribe, and leave us a, a review, not just for us, but for any of your podcasts that you like. It really helps to make sure all of us are easier to find and recommended. Uh, find us on social media, all social media, That Dead Body Show. Uh, on Twitter, uh, we're on there as TDBS Podcast. And stay tuned at the end of the show. We'll, we'll be doing some housekeeping other than what we just did. We did a lot of housekeeping there. Yeah, we did. And uh, Can't that be enough housekeeping? Right. And we will be playing some some pr- promos from podcasts that we like. I guess that was a a promo promo, right? Super promo. So it's the Day of the Dead episode. So we're gonna do a Halloweeny. We're gonna get a little Halloweeny and do a Halloweeny type case. Okay, uh, Halloweeny is not a word. What is now? Yes, it is. You have it on your shirt. Right. So, Halloween night, 1963, Haddonfield, Illinois. Judith Myers is murdered by her, by stabbing by her six-year-old brother, Michael. What? What? What's wrong? He goes to the Illinois State Hospital for 15 years where he doesn't say anything. He, he's... Um... What's there a problem? I'm, I'm pretty sure this is not what we were talking about this week. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, oh, wait, no. This, I'm sorry, this is for the movie review podcast. This is for the movie review podcast that we were going to talk about starting. 
I'm sorry. I'm on the right page now. Okay, so in reality, our case does start on Halloween. However, it's... Why do you want to bring reality into this? Because. Uh, so it, it's on Halloween of 2004. Three roommates go to bed at about 11 after watching TV and handing out candy. And only one will be alive at sunrise the next morning on November 1st. The Day of the Dead. The Day of the Dead. Literally. Literally. Or as our son says, literally. Are we cutting your eyes over here, Junior? <laughs> anyway, cue those creepy kids. Welcome to episode 10, Napa Valley Nightmare. Come and listen to a story about a Napa Valley homicide. No, I'm joking. Um, kind of. <laughs> okay, so in June of 2004, two friends... I'm probably going to butcher names, so I'm sorry. I, I have a hot problem with her first name, not her last name. Adrian? It's, but it doesn't look like Adrian. It's it looks got like Adrian. E, it's got the E on the end, but it's not two N's, so it really it bothers me. But nevertheless, <laughs> Adrienne, Adrian, a- Adrian and Sonia. And Sonia. And Lauren Le- Mianza. Yes, they were looking for a roommate to fill a void because, you know, times are rough. In California. Right. So they 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 find someone to fill the, the, the void. And I don't know if it ever tells how they found her. Well, I mean, you would think. I never, I never had roommates. They're probably wine drinkers. Probably. They met her. Leslie Ann Mazzara, the roommate that they, they did choose to, to let move in with them, um, was, was a recent transplant from South Carolina. She had broke up with a boyfriend there and, and moved to Napa Valley to be closer to her mom. She was Miss Williamson, South Carolina. I, so. I guess that's a, a, a title vying for Miss South Carolina. I, you know, but we're kind of like, you know, like Miss Shelby County, I right. guess. I don't okay. know. I mean. Like, okay, so, I'm, yeah, she was do a beauty I fuck, queen. Well, hold up. First of all, do I look like I fucking know shit about pageants? No. Okay. So, she was a beauty queen, Miss Williamson, and, and she did she she did a lot of good things. As she was. Uh, did you say she raised she was some money? Sparkling. She raised, raised money for a like an abused child, like a, almost like a, I guess like a halfway house for abused children where yeah, they, I know when they, they take showed, them out of homes, I guess. I know that they showed like on one of the things, one of the, you know, crime shows, um, when she was doing her little speech, or I don't say right. little speech, or but the when news, she I saw it, a news article where she Yeah, well, and we know when they, when they ask, um, they ask the contestants questions, like, what are you, right. your thing, like, what are you, what, I, you know, that right, thing. Right. Um, she was talking about, you know, you never expect people to hurt children. I, it's like a small clip, but I mean. Right. And she raised money for a, a, a an abused child, an abused children's home. Um, she, she was, she was like a bubbly girl. Of course, you know, most pageant, pageant women are pageant girls. I don't know. I feel weird saying girls. Uh, pageant people are usually bubbly. She. She definitely was. Got a job immediately at 
the Coppola Winery in Napa Valley. Which is probably how they all met, but uh, who knows? Probably so. Uh, but, but it wasn't it a Francis Ford Coppola's yeah, yeah, wine? Yeah, the Coppola Winery. I, like, I, I can't remember the other name. Uh, but it's to get a, in a public relations type position, I believe she may have been a greeter, but I mean, that's where you start, you know? Um, immediately like that is, it, it, it does attest to how, how her personality was. Um, Adrian and Sonia, um, she, I know, had, had great aspirations. She became a civil engineer. She went to college, became a civil engineer. Um, After she, well, when she was 16, she was in a really bad wreck. Right. She actually cheated death. Yeah. She was, like, really seriously competitive. So, I'm, I'm guessing that after the wreck, she took that as a challenge, you know, to to get better. She had issues with short-term memory loss after that and issues reading. So, to me, who I'm addle-brained as it is, um, for her to go on and to get her degree and, you know, go to college and get a civil engineer degree... I think is awesome. And the the third roommate, Lauren Mianza, um, she was a volleyball coach at a local community college. That's about all that's known about her. Well, she, I mean, she, in everything, whenever she's interviewed, she's in silhouette. So I'm guessing that she wanted to not be talked about. So everything's going good. Um, you know, everybody's getting along. I think there was one article somewhere that said something about um, they hadn't really had guests over, and then... Like a few weeks before this. Uh, no, a few days before this happened. Leslie brings a guy home. And they had to be subjected to the sounds of pleasure all night long. That's just rude. All night. I'm just saying, that's just rude. All if you, night long. If you have roommates, all night be quiet. I'm sorry. Oh, you're talking about if you have roommates. I mean, I'm just, I mean, would, would you not think if you had roommates, like, because yeah. the house wasn't really big, and I mean, I know Lauren's room was downstairs, and Leslie and Adrian's, I mean, that's just rude. I try like to not, not to let the dogs know. I know. I mean, I'm right? just saying, but I mean, like, anyway, so, up until, I mean, that, and they really hadn't had any guests over, it was kind of like just those three. I guess they would go to somebody, other people's But they, they decided after, after talking about, after the night yeah. of, of the sounds of pleasure. That, that they would, you know, allow each of... Everyone had their own room. Everyone had their own life. I just think there would be rules, though, like, be <clears throat> quiet. I mean, not quiet, right. but you know what I'm, I'm saying. I'm sure that was probably part of it. God, I hope so. Anyway. So that night, uh, they, they'd gone to bed early. I think all of them were in bed by 11 p.m. Yeah. Um, around 2 a.m., just before 2 a.m. Lauren. Okay, so guys... Just to be just to be clear, um, the names the names are so, the LM, they're both LMs. LM, right. There's two two of the three are LM, and it's just it's gonna right. yeah. So Lauren is awakened by her dog barking and the security light going on in in the the carport. I get it, yeah, and she thinks it's Leslie's boyfriend again. Right. She hears the uh, she hears the the window open. She hears and hears somebody coming in. So she's like. You know, what's going on? Probably Leslie Ann's boyfriend again. Great. Another night of the sounds of pleasure. Oh, and I bet she went to her bed and put her pillow over her head and she was like, fuck this. Great. Here we go again. 
until she heard screams, but not of pleasure. Right, the kind of like, help me, help me screams. I think she said, oh my God, help me. Help me, please. Help please me. help me. Please help. Something along. Oh, something along those lines, yeah. Someone asking for help. And I don't think it was the... <laughs> it wasn't the, oh my God, that you think of when right. you think of the sounds of pleasure. I guess you're going to say that the rest of the fucking show. <laughs> um, anyway, so... I'll say it one more time and then I'll stop. Okay. So... The sounds of pleasure. So, it not being the... Sounds of pleasure. I was only going to She say sticks her time. head out the door. And, and, like, you know, like, what's going on out there kind of thing? I don't know. You know, is this real? Is, you know... Yeah, and it's still Halloween, too. Right. I mean, you know, she could have thought it was a movie, or right. which, I mean, I don't know what their, you know, house rules as far as, like, and I say house rules, but, you know, like, I don't know I if mean, they, they each had a TV in their room. Yeah. A whole night of the sounds of pleasure. Well, yeah, but, I mean, like, if you had, each had a TV in your room, or if there was one TV, you right. know, so what if they, somebody was in there watching a horror movie? I mean, okay. you could have thought it was a horror movie, but. She decides it's not. She runs to the backyard. Out um, the back sliding door. And hides. And hides. (laughs) She hears the person, or she hears someone, come out of the house. Through the same window. Through the same window in the kitchen. And she goes back inside to investigate. And that's when she goes upstairs and finds both of her roommates. One of them already dead, and one of them... Clinging clinging to to life. life. And Uh, she... Grabs her cell phone. No, she tries to call through the house phone, 911. And, and the line is dead. It has been cut. So she grabs her cell phone and kind of does the smart thing. And, and I don't leave. know. I, I find that weird. I, I just find okay. it weird that the, she heard the guys leave. I mean, I guess, well, he got in once, I guess. but I mean, her I line of thinking probably is, is he has to know Stay moving, here. stay alive. Or something like that. I mean, she gets in her car and she drives away and she calls 911. But you have to stop and think. These are three young women. And I say young. I mean, they're younger than 30. Right. I mean, to her, if I get... What if if he decided to come back? What if he heard her go back in? I mean, I can see her. He's already half killed and killed one of them. Right. So she calls the police and she tells them, you know, they're dead. I don't know if she says they're both dead or dying, but she says there's blood everywhere. She tells the police, you know, please hurry. Police arrive. She goes back to the house. Um, They find Leslie already dead in the floor. And Adrian is barely alive. And in the corner. She she dies in the ambulance. She dies in the ambulance, but she's in in Leslie's room. That's my point. She is like like crouched behind Leslie's bed. I'm guessing probably on the other side by the wall. The wall side. Right. (laughs) Okay. Um, but she does pass on the way to the hospital, so now it's a double homicide. Um, nobody can figure out who would have done this, why they would have done it. No clues. But from from looking at from looking at what what went on and how the bodies were positioned and everything, the police have decided that someone came in to attack Leslie, and that. Adrian came to help her. Came to help her. They find they find blood on the on the window blinds. on the blinds or the, on the windowsill, out of, going out of the kitchen, his entry and exit point. 
and they find um, camel Turkish gold cigarette butts outside. Right, so, in close proximity to the window. window. Yeah, right. so they so they deduce <laughs> that he's been out there to smoke at least what I think it was two or three yeah, at least a couple cigarettes. Yeah, and they said they yeah multiple times they said a couple. So he's been out there for a minute being stalky McStalkerson outside the window. It takes about at least. Four to five minutes to smoke a cigarette, I, I think, remembering from being a smoker. Even power smoking one in I was three about to minutes. Say, yeah. So, ten minutes he was out there, I, w- I would at least wager. Right. Okay. So, they also find under Adrian's <clears throat> nails... Skin. skin. Was from, it skin from, or blood or skin? Yes. Matt, yeah. Skin from her attacking him. And so, they obviously, you know, collect everything. And they, they you know, they find out that the blood... On the windowsill, or the the blinds, and the the matter under her nails match, so they know the same part. You know, obviously, which duh, but you know, of course, they have to test it to make sure. And they send off the cigarette, cigarette butts, butts yes. for for DNA analysis because I, I'm guessing that I mean I would think it takes longer when you don't have. Yeah, I couldn't cells. figure that out. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I've seen you know they. Tear up the cigarette butt right. and they put it in the the liquid. I just they, never even even when this story first aired forever ago on forensic files, it, it never tells. Well, but it ne- it did slightly because you hear it, but it never really tells how they got once. The, I mean, the blood. I'm I'm guessing it's matter. I mean, you have. Yeah, I guess so. They have to do the um, the spinning. The, no, where they where they make it make more. What is it? The, oh God! Right. That yeah, with the thing yeah. The- <laughs> anyway, so as we previously talked about, just literally a minute or two ago, everybody assumes Leslie is the target because so they investigate every man in her life, an ex boyfriend that she had broken up with before leaving South Carolina, mm-hmm. as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. He was a lawyer, and her father was a, his father was a lawyer. Yeah, they were so, a junior, same and, senior, and her. His father, I keep telling Called her all the time. His like father, a yeah, like creep-o. And called her... And berated her. And called her a couple of times that, that night. day. Yeah, yeah that, that day that, and that night. Right. And she, they said that she had gotten to where he called so much to berate her for breaking up with his son that she just wouldn't answer the phone anymore. I mean, but the fact that he called her beforehand seemed creepy. Right. Which, and that was part of the reason, I believe, that she left him. Because of the dad? Yeah. Because it I got kind of... probably kinda, so. I mean, that's that's way before um, Susan Powell, but, you know, um, creepy dads are, well, creepy. Um, but so, in the end, um, they they uh, they clear both the father and the son. They willingly give DNA, right. and they don't match. They, um... They take 100. Over, two, a, over oh, 100. 200. 200 DNA samples right. and send them all off. Hundreds. And, yeah, yeah and they hundreds. did over a thousand interviews. Right, with in the every, eleven with months in, after in Leslie Ann Mazzara's yeah. life, thinking, because they assumed that she was the target. Right. Which I I think what they call that tunnel vision. Right. That's how, that's how the husband gets convicted all the time. Lots of I mean, no, it really is. I mean, because they did not even no. stop to think. No. Once they decide who's guilty. All of their resources go towards proving that person's guilt. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean. But they can't decide who's guilty. Because, of course, you know, in their mind, uh, Leslie Ann was the beauty queen and it had to be her. She was the one that was being stalked and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, they. So there had been. Yeah. And 
they were kind of, I guess, a little rusty in procedure because there had been no murders in Napa Valley in years. Yeah. Like almost four years. Yeah, some said two and some said four, I, but either way, it had been years. I actually believe it was it was almost four years. It was over, over three years, but the thing is, I did see the thing that said two. I don't know. Maybe there. Hmm. Uh, um, anyway, so in the 11 months. Yeah, they interview all these people. Nothing. I mean, they're clearing all these people left and right. And Adrian's best friend and co-worker, who, I mean, she was really, really close with, was a girl named Lily. Right. And, Lily Prudhomme? Yes. And and that name's always stuck out to me because it reminds me of... Food. Yes. Cajun food. Yes. You know, Paul Prudhomme. Yes. That's why I always remember her name. All right. Because I'm fat. Anyway, so... They were like really good friends, and she was supposed to get married. And this really tore, yeah, this tore. They had actually, her and Eric yes, had broken. Her fiance. her fiance had broken, broken up. Or they had at least they were they were kind of taking a break. They were they put off their marriage right. plans. Yeah, they were supposed to be married on November first. That that day of the day of the murder, they had put off their marriage plans. After this murder, they decided life's too short to keep putting things right. off. I love you so much. And they get married. Yes. And Adrian's mom. Actually reads scripture. Yeah. She comes and, she, you know, she participates in the wedding and. Um, it has to be from the Song of Solomon. It always is. I think I think she actually says that in the, uh, in the, <laughs> in the interview. Um, but also in the interview, um, Lily says, you know, if we had went through with our first marriage plans, Adrian and. Lauren would have been with them in Hawaii. So they would have never gotten murdered because they would have been with them. Well, Lauren didn't get murdered anyway. Well, but, yeah, but the, but, but it wouldn't them, have happened. The whole, right. Well, at least Adrian wouldn't have been murdered. So by the summer of 2005, um, all the DNA samples had come back from all the guys that they had taken and none of them matched. And everybody had kind of been um, ruled out. And so, a couple months later in September, they finally, finally, finally get back the DNA from the cigarette butts. And, and it, it matches the DNA, the tissue from under her nails, from attacking it from a, under Adrian's nails, and the blood from the window blinds in the kitchen. So, the cigarettes were definitely from the killer. So, they actually announce that they know that the killer is a white male who was a smoker. And that he smoked the Camel Turkish Gold brand. And so one particular person there in town flips his ever-loving shit and writes some suicide letters to his family. And in it, you know, he goes on to say, you know, I did a horrible thing and I'm not going to give the state the, what does he say, the state or the, the government pleasure. the pleasure of serving justice or... I'm gonna, I'm not going to, I don't consider it suicide... I consider it justice served, something like that. Right. So they go and they get him, and so he doesn't die. Yeah, so he doesn't die, and he so his family suicide. I don't even think did he attempt because I think they got to him before because he fucking mailed them, and I guess just was like, I'm going to sit over here and wait for somebody to stop me. I mean, come on, he was depending on the postal service to get something right? there. It could have been weeks after he died, and he would have gotten it. You know, like. Was on top of a rack, or um, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am confusion, as the meme says. Um, anyway, so he talks. This person 
talks his it over member with talks. his family members and yeah. his wife. Yes. And decides to turn, turn himself, himself in. in. I'm so sorry, but a lot of people smoke the Turkish Gold brand. I believe they were the the low end. They were like the get a dollar off, buy a pack, get a pack free version of Camels. My problem with this is, if you had a friend who you knew smoked this brand of cigarettes, would you not say, oh shit, mm-hmm, smokes this? Especially, I mean... Like being involved, if you were one of right. the friends, I don't understand how nobody was like, "Oh, well, hello." Neither did Lily. Lily did an interview, right, uh, where she seemed incredulous. Uh, Forty-eight hours interview with Lily Prudhomme uh, came out where she didn't understand why how nobody had been arrested and apprehended before the DNA sample comes back. Came back. Yeah. So before we reveal the killer, let's play Lily's interview. Somebody out there knows something. Somebody would have had to notice a friend of theirs acting strange or, you know, had bruises. It doesn't seem like somebody could just walk away from it and be fine. So the reason that it just galled the fuck out of me, this interview, is because the person that they arrest is her husband, Eric, who, while she was giving that interview, was sitting in the same room with her. And had married her and had Adrian's mom with her, you know, at the wedding. Like, and I believe you found somewhere where he gave money to a GoFundMe. He gave $125. I cannot find it for the life of me now. I don't know where I saw it. Um, he gave $125 to the GoFundMe for the money towards the capture and conviction. Like the reward or whatever. Right, the reward. And wrote this really nice long thing. I mean, fairly long for a, you know, a, here's some money. You, know, I mean, like, that's you will guilt, be missed. And that's all what of guilt that. does. I mean. But it does go to show you that, I mean, you can't tell. He had been, he had had no trouble with the law. He, he was had, quiet and shy. He, he was just like your regular, average, everyday Joe. He worked for a, like a land surveying company. Yeah. Just did nothing. He was like... Dexter says hi. He's totally the, the typical, I never saw it coming. He was such a nice guy. And I believe that in this one. And I, Yeah. I He's really like do. one of the only male snapped episodes I think I he believe. is done. I mean there's guys on there sometimes like where they get hired but I think he's the only one that I know of and the, if you like, guys know of anybody let us know because I'm curious because um, I'm sure I mean, there's I've like 20 some. some odd seasons yeah of Snap. No, I know. and I know we've probably and seen do you know them who, all do you know uh, who originally narrated it the daughter on um, Just Shoot Me oh, wow the, yeah that was the original narrator like for the first like oh, maybe yeah. seven seasons yeah. and then it went to this lady right um, anyway. Standing in front of the green screen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, but he he didn't even try to, like, have a trial. He just straight legit went in and was like, I'm pleading guilty. I'm, I'm a fucking monster, pretty much. Right, right. So this is like two people in a row that we've done who were like, I'm a fucking monster. I gotta plead guilty. <laughs> and the fact that, okay, so he didn't go to trial. He pled guilty. He did right. receive a life sentence without, without the parole. possibility yeah. of parole. I did forego the death penalty, I believe. I don't know. Did they have the death penalty? I don't know. Fuck, they go back and forth in California. No, because Charles Manson was on it, and then they took him off. Or not just him, but like 
I thought didn't they, they didn't want to kill Charlie because then they wouldn't have had anything to blame all the things that go bump in the night on. Booga 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 booga. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know those those classic Charles. Last Charlie. Those classic Charlie episode or, uh, interviews. So he pleads guilty, gets life without parole, and it's so so, so horrible because I know he he's remorseful from from everything that I mean he spoke in court. Yeah, and, like the well, and then and then Adrian's mom. Of course, now she lost a daughter. I get it. You're you're kind of salty, or maybe a lot of salty. I, I don't know, folk. I I don't know how I would feel, but she says that she doesn't believe he was remorseful for what he did. He was remorseful, remorseful that he himself. got caught. <laughs> well, yeah, she said that. I she said I don't believe he's remorseful for us. I believe he's remorseful for himself, and I really don't think that's true. I mean, yeah, he killed people, and he he was wrong for it, but I don't think. He was... This is another one of those, like, selfish. borderline yeah. personality disorder type things, right? Yeah. Where it's like... I don't even think it was necessarily borderline personality. I, mean, I think that he was losing um, Lily, and right. I think he thought that they had something to do with it, and I think he stood outside that window, and I think he worked himself up, and he, you know, may have been drinking. You know, it was right. Halloween that, night. That was the night that he had... Um, he knew he was supposed to be getting married to Lily the next day that, in Hawaii. Right. Which like, that yeah, he was pro- stuck there, probably not on all that great of terms with her. I believe they were... On a break or on whatever a break, the fuck whatever. you call it. Yeah, right. And... I mean, I'm from the school where uh, if we're together, we're together. You stuck with me. You don't have to go to bed and we try again in the morning. I don't know about this break shit. So, I think that that's what these young people call it, a break. Okay, so at his trial, he he does give a speech. And uh, only the first minute was allowed to be recorded. Right, so we're going to play the first part of his speech, and then we'll we'll finish it off and tell you what he said. I mean, the, not, the rest of it. not only does he do a speech, guys, but this guy's, like, fucking vocabulary is, like, on some T.I. level. Right, he does. This motherfucker <laughs> is, like, I mean. It, it is very T.I. It is very T.I. I think he called T.I. I bet he called <laughs> T.I. and was like, hey. Can you help me write this? Because, I mean, it's it's out there. So get your dictionaries ready, guys. For real. I am a broken man. A man splintered by a penetrating awareness of my own potential for wickedness. Well, I cannot fathom the full extent of the anguish I have caused. I recognize that my sinful deeds have inflicted terrific agony on a great number of people. The words evade me to articulate the depths of my sorrow. So, as we said, the judge only allowed the first minute to be recorded by, I guess, all media, but by 48 hours. And um, he went on to say, I was afraid my relationship with Lily, the singular ray of light in my black world, was in peril of collapsing. So, So, (laughs) yeah. I mean, he is a very, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Very articulate. And I just don't think that he, obviously, 
he did kill two people. I am not justifying he, it. He does seem like someone that could be rehabilitated. Unless he possibly wasn't getting his way again. Well, right. Well, but because of his plea deal, um, he will spend the rest of his life in prison. Mm-hmm. He forfeited all rights to any appeals, and clemency. appeals or clemency. Now, okay, so obviously Adrian's mom got up there and pulled a Kelly Siegler and did the whole... <laughs> Um, yeah, she banged on those, yeah, and then you went in there and you stabbed her and you stabbed her and you stabbed her thing. Um, and Lily got up and she spoke on behalf of Eric. And she said that she doesn't believe that the man who did what he did that night is the man that's in the courtroom. And I, I, like we just said, have to agree with. But she did also say that nothing that he could ever do would cause her to... Love him less, and then they aren't together now. Well, she I think she stayed married to him for three or four years. Um, But, I mean, you know. She's actually in Europe? I think that's what, yeah. I found on one website where. Or she went to She went to the, yeah, to the, uh, it says that she's in the UK, and she's in a PhD program. But I don't think it said, like, what her. No, yeah, it did. Forgiveness. Her fucking PhD is on forgiveness. Or her thesis, or whatever you have to do to get it, because, I mean, look. Doctoral thesis. Yeah. She did on forgiveness, which, I mean, I could see that being a major role in her life, um, for real. I just would like to know, you know, after her interview that she gave. How, how, how dumb she, she fucking felt? Yeah. I mean, she, he's literally How sitting, could no one have noticed that someone, and then she's like. Oh, fuck. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the realization sitting in? Like, not only did he do it, but you sat there and you said that, and you're just like, somebody had to have noticed, but he was not acting funny. I mean, right. she I was mean, just so determined because, again, everybody was focused on it being Leslie. That was the main, you know. Right. Everyone um, thought that it was Leslie, but it wasn't. Right. Appearances can be deceiving sometimes. Okay, guys, that's a, another one done. <laughs> another one down. Another one bites the best. So, thank you again, everyone, for your support. Uh, glad you stayed listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching That Dead Body Show and on Twitter with the handle, uh, was it at TDBS Podcast? Yeah. Uh, we do have a new store open on T Public. Right, and, and I'll post that. And actually, we've already had somebody buy a shirt while we were recording. And uh, check out our Patreon. We should have some tears up in the next couple of days. All right, guys. Stick around for some promos for some of our favorite podcasts. All Crime, No Cattle, Murderous Miners, and Ignorance Was Bliss. Bye, y'all. Bye, guys. Hi, True Crime fans. I'm Erin. And I'm Shay. We host All Crime, No Cattle, a conversational podcast which focuses on true crime stories from the Lone Star State. We strive to bring you a balanced and well-researched story about Texas cases big and small. We do the research so you don't have to. We also end every episode with a good news story, just to remind everyone that real life isn't quite as depressing as true crime can make it out to be. New episodes drop every Thursday, and you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All crime, no cattle, because crime is bigger in Texas, y'all.
This is Murderous Minors, Killer Kids, bringing you the frightening and truly insane tales of children with the thirst to kill. Kindergarten through 12th grade murderers. True stories thoroughly researched. Join us weekly for new tales of parents' worst nightmares on Murderous Minors, Killer Kids. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder, how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. <laughs> 